Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we're uh, we're broadcasting <clears throat> in July at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. So how's the week been for you, sir? Uh, the week was good. Weekend's a little rough. But you have those times, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How was yours? Um, all right. Pretty laid back this weekend. The week was kind of rough, so kind of yeah. op- uh, opposite. And ex- ignore what I just sent you. Uh, <clears throat> Thank you for letting me know because I was like, I'm not going to check that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, for those of you out there that are listening in live. Um, Join us in our chat room. Uh, you just got to scroll down to the bottom of the screen, and you can join us in our chat. Uh, you also have our call-in line, which is 914-205-5558. And uh, you can ask us questions or give us comments in either the chat room or on our call-in number. And uh, whenever we're not on air, you can also catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on Twitter. Uh, you can now catch our archives on YouTube. And uh, we also have our Indiegogo uh, campaign going one more week. So definitely get in there. Uh, We have only reached 1% of our goal. So we definitely want to get our goal so we can make our show much better for you, our listeners. Yep, yep, yep. Tonight we are going to be talking about zombies, the zombie apocalypse, and uh, comparing it to the biblical apocalypse because... There are many people out there that even are who are Christian that don't really know the biblical apocalypse compared to the zombie apocalypse. So, mm-hmm. so um, zombies kind of date back to slavery, um, back to Haitian uh, roots. Um, most people believe zombies to be the Walking Dead. Um, but, uh, the Haitian zombie from voodoo is more along the lines of kind of like mind control because of a, uh, a, uh, powder that they use, uh, tetrodotoxin, tetrodotoxin, whatever, whatever, however you pronounce that, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what would happen is it would give the illusion that these people were dead um, back in, it looks like 1907 is when they started using these rituals. Uh, there was no way to really detect if a person was dead um, other than maybe a pulse or <clears throat> um, if they were breathing and it would drop both of those down to the point that it would not be detectable. Um it looks like it even dates back to 1864 even. So it goes back a while. Um, so these people would be buried alive uh, by the voodoo priest or priestess and then uh, used for their own diabolical means. Um, and since they were dead, of course, they would be perceived as the walking dead. <laughs> Um, now, 
what are what is your take on on zombies as far as like do you think that it's more a supernatural thing or similar to what these hypotheses are? Uh, oh, definitely these hypotheses. I mean, let's face it. Once, I mean, you're not coming back as a, you know, some, I, I don't know what you call them, I guess a creature that's hungry for brains, um, <laughs> as is recorded in Night of the Living Dead. So, yeah, I mean, come on. Let's face it, once you're dead, I mean, they drain your blood and pump you up with all kinds of crap. There's no way your heart's coming back, you know, these type of days, uh, this day of age anyway. Um, but when you were talking about, like, Haiti and, and the rituals that they used in hoodoo, um, there's been a number of different cases where people were involved with the wrong people, I guess, the wrong groups, and they yeah. would call out on these hoodoo priests to come out and do... Well, I, forget, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the word that you said. Um, <laughs> but they would use this powder and they blow it in their face. And the effects wouldn't necessarily be instantaneous. Sometimes they would be, but typically they wouldn't be. Um, right. And as time went on, they become a little delusi- uh, delusional, uh, start to almost get in like a sleepy effect as if they were drugged, and eventually pass out. And it would slow the heart down to a rate in which people wouldn't be able to tell that you're really dead. And Unfortunately, there have been times where grave diggers um, or grave robbers uh, would dig up these graves, open the casket, and find bones or uh, corpses that were in a position in which they were buried alive. Um, Mm. And they would find, like, fingernail scratches on the back of the door, you know, of the casket, um, the face in awkward positions as if someone died while screaming. And unfortunately, that has been the case in the past. You know, people die, they get buried, thinking they're dead, and then next thing you know, they wake up several hours later and no one can hear them because they're six feet under, um, which is part of the reason why, in, I don't know the exact date because I didn't look it up, but they used to have bells in the cemeteries. And when you were uh, buried, there would be a direct line to the casket. So just in case you weren't really dead, you could go and ring that bell and the uh, uh, the grave, oh, whatever they call it, I don't can't even think what they're called. The person who controls the grave area at night or patrols it, I mean. Um, they're what you call the keepers or the um, gate, the groundskeepers of the cemetery. Okay, yeah. So the groundskeeper would hear these bells and they would go out, find where the bell was coming from, and then sure enough, just dig these people right back up out of the out of the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty creepy that, when you think about it. <laughs> that dates back to around these um, these different times of. I think it dates back to early 1800s to um, maybe even 1700s to the very early 1900s, where these cases were happening with the these uh drugs being introduced by hoodoo and uh people obviously being um <clears throat> buried alive or controlled and being dug up um but there was a lot of stuff other than the the voodoo and the zombie quote unquote uh cases happening where people were thought to be dead and lo and behold, you know, 
they weren't they were just either in a coma or they were in a deep sleep and these people were put underground mm-hmm. and I don't know to me that's kind of a morbid thought like you could have been buried alive back then but don't worry we'll give you a little string to pull on in case you're not right (laughs) (laughs) so in the zombie I don't know what you can call it fad of our generation um, a lot of the stuff has been coming up in uh movies and books and um about the zombie apocalypse and i mean there's groups out there um that are getting ready for the zombie apocalypse and uh there's even um movies out there that are kind of glorifying zombies like uh Warm Bodies was supposed to be a, a happy movie about the zombie apocalypse and how we change back into humans from zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think the the zombie phenomenon is so huge in in uh, Hollywood and in in the media right now? Because people are willing to pay money to see this stuff or read about it or whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, for some reason, people have a sick and twisted desire to interact with the dead, you know, in general. And we know that from the paranormal side. But you think of mediums and, you know, other cultists who like to delve into that kind of stuff. Um, But that's more of a spiritual death. So why not bring it to a physical side as well? And we'll start, you know, believing that zombies are capable of walking among the earth, walking amongst us, Um, which just, I mean, isn't even plausible, you know. Yeah. I th- I think that there's a certain sense of fear that people have towards it, especially since you know some people have a I should say Hollywood in general has treated it as more of a disease more than anything you know and we see where yeah. in films and in books if you get bitten by a zombie you become a zombie you know which just I don't know doesn't I guess it can make sense you know I mean if you if we think back to like the werewolves and stuff like that, I mean, if you figure the the uh, diseases within the saliva, then yeah, sure, you know. But I mean, come on, the the reason I don't know. I mean, it's far fetched and ridiculous in my opinion. Um, but I think in the end, it's just something that people fear, and they find it interesting. It gets them out of, uh, I guess, in lack of a better term, it gets them out of life and out of reality. And they they start to imagine something a little more interesting, I guess, than what life can sometimes be. And why not become this warrior that kills the dead? I mean, after all, you can't get in trouble for killing something that's already dead, right? Right. So, I mean, I don't know. People people are just twisted, man. (laughs) (laughs) And I think... uh... I think a lot of people are kind of obsessed with seeing their dead loved ones even after they're gone as well. So whether that's a spiritual death, as you said, um, and a medium talking to the spirits and whatever, or um, 
them just coming back from the dead and being back on Earth again, it kind of right. makes people wish that that might be what happens. <clears throat> and um, we'll get a little bit into it a little bit in a little uh, bit after uh, our first break about how the zombie apocalypse compares to the biblical apocalypse because, like I said, not too many people really know what the biblical apocalypse is all about. Um, mm-hmm. And with your expertise, I definitely uh, cool. would like to get some education out there for the, some of these people. I, I don't know if expertise would be the best term, but... Well, you studied I, <laughs> it. Come on, man. All right, all right. And for all of the, you out there who are listening and have heard previous shows about uh, Eric's background um, in in um, ministry, or going to school for ministry, sorry, and uh, his his uh, studies now, some of the movies that he's been showing me that they've been making are phenomenal, so definitely keep a watch out for his movies. They're going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> and... <laughs> After some of the dreams that he used to have, they're kind of probably going to be really frightening, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying to think of how to put all that into words. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's one thing writing it all down in a journal. And, I mean, you know I lost a journal so many years ago now. But it's like, I've been trying to come up with ways to to actually put it into film. And it's just like, (laughs) it's brutal. (laughs) I mean... Or how do you script something like that, I guess? I'm, exactly. I mean, without being called crazy or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll figure it out one day. Well, you're going to be called crazy regardless because, I mean, <laughs> like some of your stuff you want to put a biblical spin on and that sort of thing. So people are going to have a hard time adjusting. But like the movie that you saw, what was it, The Reckoning? Uh, the Remaining. The remaining, sorry. Um, so I would be interested to see that if it comes into my area, which I haven't researched, so I'll have to double-check that. Um, all right, folks, uh, we're going to go to our first break here. Uh, we're going to go with a little bit of Eric's Random Fact of the Day and just a couple commercials, and we'll be right back. Now, Eric's Random Facts of the Day. K-Bar, one of the most famous and popular knife manufacturers within the world. They began making knives in 1898, but it wasn't until World War II in 1942 that they became famous. After the start of World War II, K-Bar decided to submit their knife to the U.S. Marine Corps in hopes that they would become standard issue. And they did. And after proving themselves worthy, they haven't been ever since the issued combat knife for the U.S. military. However, some people may wonder how K-Bar got its name. Well, according to K-Bar, it received its name back in the early 1900s from a fur trapper testimonial. The fur trapper had written a note to K-Bar saying that he had jammed his gun when being attacked by a bear. The only self-defense he had was the knives that he received from the company some time earlier. The fruit trapper wrote the note thanking the company for a quality knife that helped him to kill a bear. However, the only letters that were illegible was K, A, and Bar. 
So, in order to honor the testimonial and the man who killed a bear, they named the knife K-Bar, which stands for Kill a Bear. Are you ready? Are you prepared? What if some cataclysmic event shook your every foundation? Would you and your family know what to do? My name is Jacqueline Druga, host of the Apocalypse Dena Show. Join me every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Prepper Broadcasting Network. Prepperbroadcasting.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We're there for your survival needs. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Parrot Truth Radio. All right, folks, welcome to welcome back to Parrot Truth Radio. I'm sorry, uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we've been broadcasting about zombies, the zombie apocalypse, and the comparison to the biblical apocalypse, which not, which not too many people know about. Um, so mm-hmm. now, just to give everybody a little bit of a background of the biblical apocalypse, uh, why don't you give us some information on that? All right, the biblical... <clears throat> the biblical uh, view of the apocalypse, which is according to the book of Revelation, which is an apocalyptic book. It's the very last book in the New Testament. Uh, goes over, I'm going to put this very simply and very quickly here, um, the day in which God brings judgment upon the earth and Christ comes back uh, to fulfill his righteous place on the throne and with his people, um, in which Satan will be destroyed, the Antichrist will be destroyed, the false prophet will be destroyed, and evil, all evil, period, will be destroyed um, and locked up forever. And then God and his people will live on the new heaven and in the new earth uh, forever and ever. So that's the very simple way to put it. Uh, Makes it a lot easier for some people to swallow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The book of Revelation is by far the darkest book within the Holy Bible. Uh, it is brutal. It is terrifying. There, there are many people, even people who are non-Christian, who will, you know, they'll, they'll come out and say, it is a scary book, period. Uh, we're, we're talking about death, famine, disease, uh, I mean, war. We're talking about people getting their heads chopped off that don't uh, submit to the beast, which is the Antichrist. Um, mm. And... In the beginning, it starts off with uh, six seals, seven seals, 
can't remember. <laughs> but because of the numbers, seven. yeah, I think it's seven. And because there's a number of seals that, um, I'm sorry, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm sorry, everything went dead silent on my end. Um, <clears throat> so it starts off with these seals that Jesus breaks. Um, he as and as he opens each one, something new happens. Um, one of the most popular is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And right. pretty much you just mentioned the four horsemen and people know what it is or have an idea of where it came from. Right. And that has to deal with the first horseman known as war, uh, who is given power to come upon the earth with his sword and just bring war against everyone, slay everyone, bring man against man, woman against woman, child against child, man against child, so on and so forth. And basically just, brings up a crud load of, dis, uh, of destruction. Um, another one is Famine. He's the one who's going to come up and basically uh, destroy the crops of the field, destroy mm -hmm. the water so that when people drink it, they'll become sick. Um, it, it comes to a point where just people will start starving to death. Uh, there's also uh, Pestilence, which as most know is plague or disease um, that's the horseman that's going to scatter disease throughout the earth people will become sick left and right and there will be no cure regardless of how hard people try and then of course finally mm. we have death and death is probably one that most people know of um, in Revelation 6-8 I'm going to read this scripture it says I looked and there before me was a pale horse its rider was named death and Hades is following close behind him they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Um, now, what it says here that death and uh, rose up and Hades following behind them, uh, I think that's part of one possibility that people are thinking, oh, zombies. You know, hmm. I think a lot of people misinterpret the scriptures. Um, but here, I mean, Hades very could very well just mean... Um, the demons of such that will come up and wreak havoc upon the earth. Um, they'll be given a time in which they have freedom to do as they will. And God will allow that to happen. Satan will have free reign of this earth uh, with no intervention uh, from God. Um, it is a time in which all judgment will come to pass. Everybody left on this earth will be destroyed. Um, and they'll be in war and they'll be sick and so on and so forth. And it'll be a great time of suffering. And it'll last for seven years, known as the tribulation. Um, for those people who are saved, um, and salvation, for those of you who don't know, is pretty much anyone who puts their whole faith and trust in Jesus Christ and believe that he really came here 2,000 years ago, died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and then rose again, and now resides in heaven on his throne, waiting for the day to come back and restore everything. Um, those people that believe, truly believe, will be, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, they'll save. be brought up. Well, not saved, but they'll be, there's a, it begins with the letter R, and I just had it and I lost it when I was. Rapture. Rapture, rapture. thank you. Yes, I those people would be raptured. I'm to think of it, too. I'm like, <laughs> what is it? What is it called? I, know. I always know what it's called, but I, like, I'll, I'll go to say it, and right before I say it, I lose it every time. I don't know. I don't know why. It, I think it's just so many words that begin with the letter R. I'm like, wait, 
resurrection. No, that's not that it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so those people would be raptured, meaning that they would never ever see the suffering or the destruction of the earth. They'll be saved from it completely. Um, and when Jesus does come back, which is right around Revelation 20, I believe, I think it's Revelation 20, might be a little earlier than that. Um, he comes to earth on his white horse and he speaks the word and as he speaks, everyone left on earth, all the evil just died. That's his sword, the words that he speaks. Um, and behind him will be all the righteous men and women that place their faith in him. Every child uh, will be standing and watching as he goes through and brings judgment upon the earth and more or less avenges those that were uh, that were persecuted for the faith. So, yeah, that's pretty much Revelation. It's a very dark time for many people, but it's also a great and glorious time for those that are saved, for as sick as that sounds at times. But um, I, um, it's hard to explain. You really have to understand the faith and, you know, what it is to be a Christian to really see what the greater good is here. Right. But, you know, like in my book, it is a good thing. It's a bad thing, you know, and it makes me sad to think how many people will suffer and what it's going to be like. But it's also a good thing on my side knowing that Christ will reign supremely as he does now, and he'll restore everything, and there will be no longer a Satan to run the earth. So... Yeah, and so to compare it a little bit to the zombie apocalypse side of mm-hmm. it, um, for that are raptured um, and brought back to heaven so that uh, the earth can be cleansed, are their bodies left here? Are their spirits only taken? Does it even mention that? You know, it doesn't go into complete detail as to how that's going to happen. Um, some people, it suggests, I should say, it suggests that the whole body will be taken into heaven. Uh, if anyone knows anything about, um, Enoch, which was a character in Genesis, he was swept Mm -hmm. up by a whirlwind and he just disappeared. He's taken up to heaven. Um, same thing happened to Isaiah or, um, I'm sorry, not Isaiah, um, Sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. The Old Testament, I haven't read it in a long time, to be honest, <laughs> that particular story. Um, Elijah. Elijah. Oh. Oh, was by a river. And he, too, being um, someone that was so faithful to God, never experienced death, as we will experience death. A whirlwind came down, swept him up, and he just disappeared into heaven. His whole body and everything is up there now. Um and it says that, you know, according to Revelation, and you read it throughout the entire Bible, that one day God's people will be resurrected, meaning body and everything, uh, physical form, we will be resurrected. God is capable of taking the bones in the graves and restoring them, taking the dust that, you know, if anyone was cremated, and restoring them if they were once saved. And uh, they will live again and for eternity just as it was supposed to be in the beginning when Adam and Eve were first placed on earth. Um, so in that particular sense, 
it is very possible that people could just, you know, misinterpret or purposely um, change facts around a bit to make it seem as if these people are zombies, because it's true that we're physically dead and they are coming back to life, but in a completely different form than what, you know, those who believe in a zombie apocalypse would believe in. Um, well, what you know, I was thinking, too, is, like, if it was a, if it was a spiritual rapture and the body is left here to to wait until that happens couldn't mm-hmm. uh satan manipulate the physical part that's left to come back to reanimate it so to speak to use it in his war against god no i wouldn't say so um i mean that's that i mean that's way out of my <laughs> you know i can't well, say yes or no but yeah, with, I, I know what you're saying. Um, out of speculation, I would say no. Um, typically, when we see, all right, we've never seen someone or never heard of anyone dying and then coming back to life possessed by a demon. Um, right. And so, you, you know, like the majority, well, the majority of all uh, possessions are with the living person. The spirit of that and soul of that person exists within the body and the demon goes in and takes control. Um, and they would be unable to do such a thing when that person's soul is gone. Um, now, of course, that's, again, speculation, because in the book of Genesis, in particular Genesis 6, it says that the sons of God, referring to angels, which we believe are demons at that point, uh, were able to marry women, human, um, that they believe were beautiful, and have children with them. And typically you would think that a spiritual being such as a demon would be incapable of impregnating a woman. But in this particular instance, it did. And and there's a number of different speculation as to who exactly the sons of God were. But the term used in Genesis 6 is the same term used in Jonah, uh, not Jonah, uh, Job chapter 1, in which the sons of God refers to angels. So, I don't know. I mean, it is possible, but if it was, you know, Scripture would have definitely pointed that out. So. Okay. Um, trying to think here. Um, well, while you're thinking, I'm going to read this, actually, this little part of Scripture <laughs> here. Um, because it kind of goes along with why people might also bring up the zombie apocalypse or think zombie okay. apocalypse. Um, this is Revelation chapter 20. Uh, verse 12, 13, and 14. Um, It says, And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead, which was in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Um, Now, in this particular instance, the dead is the spiritual dead that are resurrected into heaven and stand before God's throne, in which he judges everyone based on their deeds at that particular time. Um, And the reason being, everyone has been forgiven. When Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, Every single person, no matter how evil they are, was forgiven of their sins. However, true salvation only comes when you 
submit yourself to Christ and believe that he is the one true God. Um, and the scripture says that when we do become faithful servants of the Lord, when we do believe, we willingly want to produce good deeds. And in this case, that's what people are going to be judged upon um, in Revelation at the time of the apocalypse. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, well, and unfortunately, we all want to do good deeds, but a lot of us end up doing not so good deeds because we think we're doing good. Right. Well, <coughs> let me just point out uh, Catholicism in particular. And it's easier for me to say this because I was Catholic once. Um, but according to the Catholic belief, you become saved based on the amount of good that you do within the world. Um, same thing with Buddhism and a number of other religions. Uh, if you do good things, you'll end up in heaven. But unfortunately, that's just a lie. That's not true whatsoever when you look into the scriptures. And like I said, the truth is salvation comes from faith, not by what you've done. Um, but by doing good deeds, there are certain things you can gain as you go up to heaven. Throughout the Bible, God talks about uh crowns that he will give to people for performing certain acts or having a certain faith. Um, and those crowns are kind of a gain for you, you know, when you go into heaven. Um, yeah. and, and it says, I think it's the book of, I think it's in Revelation. I could be wrong. Um, where there will be basically a pile in which people build throughout their life. There will be things that are made of rock, of gold, of sticks, and of straw. And God will ignite those things on fire. Whatever is burned will be the bad in which uh, they had done within their, in their life. And they will feel the pain of that. Um, but that which stands after the fire will be glorious for them. And it will be as if a reward in a sense. As if heaven isn't enough. But God is willing to give just a little something extra. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to go any deeper into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, uh, I think we'll take our next break. Uh, you're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, don't make me turn this car around, or because I said so, or don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean, but I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. Oh, no, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUsKids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Paratruth Radio. This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House. 
and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. Hello everybody, Sublimely Elegant here as always, and guess what? I know you. Well, no, we've never met, but I do know you. I know you love Minecraft. I know you love the internet. Now, I also happen to know you love colorful language. So instead of moping around all day, why don't you head on over to my channel and satiate your deepest needs? YouTube.com forward slash Sublimely Elegant. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking about zombies, the zombie apocalypse, and the comparison to the biblical apocalypse. Now that all of you have heard the biblical apocalypse and the zombie apocalypse and what zombies are, even though we've only given a brief description of what zombies are, it really doesn't go into much detail as to what zombies are because for the most part, the these are fictional creatures um, other than the the hoodoo uh, involved with making people look like they're dead just to bring them back and what uh, what they would be called <clears throat> is a zombie. Um, that's not what fiction and film has taught us to believe that more that these people were dead, came back to life in a sense and are feeding on human beings. Um, now, compared to the biblical apocalypse where people aren't coming back to life but being brought into heaven to wait for the war against evil um, to be over and for Jesus to reign once again on earth. Um, So, I don't know. Comparison, just by what you were saying, uh, how people could misinterpret what uh mm-hmm. or what would happen in in the apocalypse um as far as dead coming back to life or uh Hades being behind death the 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 horsemen not de- the physical death and um i guess that would be uh, the best comparison and, and interpretation because really you're left to interpret what these people wrote down just as they were to interpret the message as it was given to them by God. Um, right. I don't... To me, zombies will all be, always be fictional and that being just because we've never even really heard of zombie or people coming back from the dead except for being resuscitated after their heart stopping or what have you. Right. Um, And um, so it it goes to show that there are people that do believe in this though. um, And uh, I do have a potential guest, which um, Shelly will work on for us. And he is the leader of a zombie apocalypse group that are, <laughs> Sorry, I, I tried to whisper that. I didn't know if you could hear that or not. <laughs> <laughs> that are getting yeah. ready to for the the zombie apocalypse. Um, and the, it, 
the only reason I would want these people on is because I want to hear their theories on this. Why they think the dead will come back to life. Um, I agree. I'm interested in that, too. I mean, sh- <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, it'd be interesting, though. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, that is, I'm sorry. That is one thing, like, we see the TV shows. Uh, I, I can't remember. There's one called, like, Apocalypse Now, I think, or something like that. Um, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you know, there's different TV shows that are uh, reality shows in which people, they show people, like, training. Uh, shooting guns and getting into combat ready mode for the zombie apocalypse um, or just for the apocalypse in general. And they spend like, some of these people spend millions of dollars for underground bunkers and this and that that they currently own and live in just in case that it happens. Um, yeah. But they never really do go into why they think it will happen. You know? It's just, uh, yeah. it just will. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested in learning that. From that. Well, and my my interpretation of this, and I'll get your yours as well, and it's pure speculation. Um, the zombie apocalypse, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sure you're concerned, is a fictional thing that has been just bombarded by Hollywood. Um, and yes, I would think that people there are people out there, even though we may not think that they're maybe right in the head or just um, wishing something to happen, which is very disturbing uh, as far as the zombie apocalypse is concerned. Um, I just, I don't understand the mindset it would be to think that all, all of a sudden all the dead are going to come back to life and want to eat everybody and then eventually, as other people are dying, they're going to come back to life and basically will go from human civilization to destruction just by um, the dead coming back to life. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in in any interpretation through Revelations, um, even though people could misinterpret it, what does there any is there anything in there that says the dead will come back to life and help Satan or anything close to that? No. Or that they would attack humanity for deeds done to them or anything like that? No. Because, I mean, there are Christians that believe in the zombie apocalypse as well. So Well, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But there is nothing in the scriptures to suggest such a thing. Okay. At least I haven't come across it, and I've never heard about it. So, and I've read through the entire book. So. Right. And have done studies for a school that would bring any type of interpretation in in that respect. I'm sure. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got for zombies. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, you can't go much further than that. I think um, what's interesting. Let, let, let's, let's take this topic a little somewhere else. Um, still on zombies, though. Um, in regards to people getting set up for the zombie apocalypse, there is there's a huge market for merchandising this particular idea. 
Um, one in particular is weaponry, guns and knives. If you go and search for anything regarding either of the two, there's always some kind of category for zombies or zombie apocalypse. And, I mean, I guess what's really sad is that people actually buy it yeah. because just for the fact that, I mean, you can buy the same thing and that doesn't say zombie on it, you know? Yeah. But it's like these zombie apocalypse weapons, the knives in particular, they come with, they typically come with like a black coating on the blade so it's non-reflective, which would make sense. You know, a lot of military uh, blades are non-reflective so that the enemy doesn't see them approaching when they're trying yeah. to be stealthy. However, with these zombie ones, even though they have that black coating, they tend to have bright neon green handles. <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense to me at all as to why when you're in the zombie apocalypse and you're fending for your life and trying to sneak around, you would have this super bright neon green handle that's screaming to everybody around you, like, hey, look at me, you know. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense at all. But... Well, and that might that that might be a huge marketing ploy by weapon companies to sell more of of uh, munitions. And to an extent, I could see how that would work, especially with people being afraid of so many things. And even the zombie apocalypse fad is what I'm going to call it because that's basically what it's been for. I'd say at least a good 10 years. Oh, um, yeah. it is a, it's a good marketing ploy by, by them. And uh, with things going the way that they have in America in general, where a lot of our rights are trying to be taken away, specifically the right to bear arms, um, that would be a way to get those things out there quicker before anything like that could be passed. Yeah. So, um, in in my opinion, that is a very good marketing ploy, and um, and I mean, look at all the different shows out there now too. Like The Walking Dead, which is, I think it's a really good show, but it's one of those shows that is going out there to show what the zombie apocalypse might be like when. Uh, when it would happen and you said there's a reality show of people already living in bunkers in case that happens. Yeah. Um, so again, going back to Hollywood and fiction, it's a marketing ploy in a sense by a lot of these companies. Cause I guarantee you there's these shelters company, shelter companies as well saying, Oh, not only will it protect you from a nuclear Holocaust, but it also protect you from the zombie apocalypse in case that happens too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's actually the first I've heard of company like uh, weapons companies marketing their weapons towards the zombie apocalypse. Oh yeah, I mean they've been doing that for years now. Oh. And I'm just amazed at how long these things have lasted. Yeah. Well, and like I said, at, at least 10 years. But, I mean, zombie movies go back to the 50s, roughly, I think. Um, 
because before that it was va- vampires, werewolves, Frankenstein. Um, so the that idea, the zombie idea, is relatively newer compared right. to some of the other movies that have come out. Um, yeah. Well, I think also a big part of it is the uh, Walking Dead series, um, which constantly just makes people want to hunt zombies. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, there's obviously a market for it. Yeah. Um It's just crazy to think that the market is still as strong as it is. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think that's all we've got. So I think we'll cut it short for today. Um, unfortunately, folks, we we did have uh, Brad Steger scheduled. Unfortunately, he had. Uh, the flu and could not make it. So uh, we'll definitely try and get him on again. He's definitely a great guest. Like I said, um, I have him on my old show, Parasite Radio, um, and we have numerous books by him um, that are are very, very good. Um, So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, Next week, I believe we'll be talking about vampires, and that's another subject Eric and I love to talk about on a lot compared to werewolves, but, um, and then, uh, the week after that, uh, I believe I scheduled Mothman. Um, okay. and then, uh, we might have a break here this month because Eric and I are very busy with school and everything. So, uh, just keep you posted on that as well. Um, I do want to play this for you guys really quick. And the other thing I wanted to briefly mention because we talked about the the four horsemen of the apocalypse and um now that uh Supernatural is coming back on. Oh, in I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I was about to bring it up. So, <laughs> um, I liked their interpretation. Of, I think did they cover all four horsemen? Yeah, they did. Okay, um, I liked their interpretation of it. Oh, that's right, because like War was in the red sports car, and Death was this really old guy. <laughs> In a white Cadillac, and Pestilence was in a green beat-up buggy or something like that. Um, Famine, I can't remember what Famine was driving. Yeah. Um, And just for everybody who knows that, uh, I don't know if you had mentioned the the horse's colors, um, but all of those are supposed to be on those specific colored horses, quote-unquote horses, and... uh, Supernatural did a good interpretation of what their horses in modern day times would be because everybody knows the power of an engine is horsepower. So I thought that they did a really good job. Yeah, it is very clever. Very clever. That's one thing Supernatural has never went on is the zombie apocalypse they just kind of went along the lines of what the biblical apocalypse was because of Sam and Dean's particular situation was. Well, I mean, in the end, the biblical apocalypse is way more popular than 
a zombie apocalypse anyway. When it, when we, typically, when you think apocalypse, most people will think of a biblical apocalypse. Well, um, when you just say apocalypse, right, yeah. But, um, I mean, Sam and Dean have covered zombies in the past in that show, but... Did they? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a, a season, either one or two. I think it was season one. There's one episode. I'll have to to watch them because there were a couple of episodes in season one I never saw. Um, all right. Um, and they're on what season coming up on season 10? Season 10, ladies and gentlemen, we are nine days away from season 10. <laughs> tune in. I'm telling everybody, tune in. Demon um, Dean. It all comes down to this. <laughs> and, uh, watched an interview um on those posted on Facebook by Supernatural. Um um oh, what are the name of the actors for Sam and Dean? Uh wait what? Oh what are the names? Actors uh, yeah. J- Jared Pitalecki is Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles is Dean Winchester. Um they were talking about uh they were asked how would how would supernatural end if the if the uh show finally came to an end and uh sam had said both of the boys would have to die because it, with the story of sam and dean if one is still alive and the other one dies or if they both finally did what they were meant to do would just hang up their batman uh cape as it were, and live normal lives. And both of them have tried to do that. Well, let me tell you what's interesting is five years ago, there was an episode on Supernatural. Uh, I can't remember the exact uh, airing of this episode. You know, if it's episode six or 17 or whatever, I don't remember. Um, But there's an episode in which Dean goes into the future five years and meets up with Lucifer, who is now possessing Sam. And Dean watches his future self get killed by uh, Lucifer or Sam. And Lucifer tells the past Dean that no matter what he does, no matter where he goes, they will always end up here. Which is very interesting because now here we are five years in the future and there is a possibility that they will bring Lucifer back into it. And I've also heard talk about God being found or coming forth at some point because we know he's been missing in the series for a while. Um, so I could see them actually ending on a note in which God restores everything and Sam and Dean end up surviving. Um, just how far that'll go, I don't know, but we'll see. It was just interesting to see their perspectives too because uh, they've been doing it for 10 seasons now and I don't know if it gets old to them because they're playing the same characters for so long. And you would think that if they ever wanted to move on into other areas, it would be really hard for them. So, right. I don't know if that's their way of saying, if we're going to end it, let's just kill them both off. So we don't have to worry about the characters anymore. Or <laughs> right. if that's just their interpretation of, how it would have to end so that um so that the the series can end because they're just going to constantly be fighting 
Um, but well, and at that point, they may have been talking about um, because they don't know if they're going to be doing the whole bringing God back or anything like that. So, <clears throat> right. Um, all right, folks. Well, definitely stay tuned for Supernatural. Um, I will try my damnedest to catch this season since it might be the final season. Of course, they've said that for the past three seasons, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, next week, we'll be talking about vampires, so uh, tune back in at uh, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, my name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.